Um, wow, that's just good. It's good to be together. Um, you're here. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be here. All right. Uh, I just, you know, I just, it's hard for me to start without just welcoming everybody, and, and I hope you feel at home and just really relax and be together in the Word. Uh, we're in a series right now in the book of John, and the, about the first half of it where he's just telling these different stories about what happened in the life of Jesus so that we can look at them and be encouraged in our faith. If you're seeking Jesus and you're like, I don't know, you know, this is the great place to, to take a look at who he is, and if we are people who are followers of Jesus and have been following him, then this is, where, uh, this is where we see who he is and we're encouraged and our faith is deepened and we, we eat that spiritual food, if you will, that fills us up and takes us uh, into our life and our week. Uh, we're we're going to be in a place today, we're in John 6, so if you want to actually, if you have paper, Bible, you could turn there or whatever you use, but we'll put it up here too, John 6. Um, this is, uh, this is, we're picking up right after the story that we looked at last week. Last week was when Jesus feeds the 5,000, and it's a great, it's just an incredible miracle of, of just meeting a basic need of some people, and then he and the disciples cross the, the Sea of Galilee, and they're over there, and the, uh, um, this, some portion of this crew crosses the lake, to f- the sea, to find them, and you almost picture what that might be like. You know, certainly all 5,000 or however many more there were didn't cross the lake because like 10 people, that's like 500 boats and, ten, you know, so that didn't happen. So a lot of people were moving across, they find him. Uh, and what happens is that Jesus refuses to do a miracle for, this is a story about him refusing to do what they ask him to do, which is kind of unusual. It's, it's a neat uh, episode. Uh, they wanted to be fed again. They wanted him to break bread and feed all of them and meet their need, but he refuses to do it. They wanted him to prove that he was something special, and he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Let's, let's look at the passage. It's uh, John 6, 25 through 35. It's, the story's a little longer than that, but we're going to stop with that. So when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, he doesn't answer their question. <laughs> this is full of all kinds of interesting stuff. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Don't work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to, endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set him his seal. And then Jesus, and then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. I guess they're trying to convince him to do something. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's right. 
So here's this uh, simple truth within this is that these people are coming to Jesus because they want to be satisfied. They want to be filled. They're looking for him to fill them, to meet a need that they have or a want that they have. They want him to do something that will take care of them temporarily, very temporarily. And he's going to turn that and move it to something eternal. Uh, I, I feel like in this passage, we're hearing directly, like, if you're a believer, it's almost like Jesus is speaking straight to you and to me. And, and I hope you'll take it that way as, you, as we go back through what he said. Because um, I go to Jesus, and I think we all go to Jesus because we want to be filled. You might even be here this morning because you want to be filled. You want something But most of the time, I'm looking to fill myself, like my, my week, my life, my organization and my schedule is mostly around how I'm going to fill myself up, meet my needs, make myself happy either immediately or in the future. These are, this is kind of how I'm operating. This is my paradigm for making decisions most of the time. I think, so in that way, we're almost just like those people we were going over to Jesus to see what he can give to us. Uh, so I have a couple questions for you to help us. And, and either a little bit divergent, but maybe you can let God work with you in one of these. Uh, one of them is, are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus or trying to get something from Jesus? Okay, so that's, that's one track I think you could think about. Another one is... Uh, what are you filling yourself with? What's your list? Because what Jesus says is, he says, uh, without the bread of life, you will always be hungry. Okay, so what are you filling yourself with? What am I filling myself So do you see the two tracks of thought there? Maybe one of them will uh, be good for you. Three, three points we're going to walk through. And by the way, we're going to do communion after this. I'm going to speak a little more briefly I'm not going to do an hour this morning. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, but we'll, we'll stop so you can be thinking, uh, preparing yourself for doing that in just a moment. Um, three points. Uh, the search for satisfaction, the search to be filled. The search for satisfaction. Second, the steps to satisfaction. And third, the source of satisfaction. So the search, the steps, and the source. So let's talk about that search for a minute. I mean, you see it with these people. They found him on the other side of the sea, and they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus said, truly, you are, you are, see, you are not... I say to you, you are seeking... I got to get the glasses on. I promise. Someday I'm going to do it. I, I say that every week. I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. You ate your fill of bread. I mean, these people worked hard to find Jesus. You don't cross the Sea of Galilee and just go directly. They didn't have a cell phone. Jesus didn't have like a little ichthus sticker on the back of his boat. You know, oh, that's it over there. You know, I know, or what, what would I do sticker, you know, on the back of his, there's, there wasn't like a, they had to find him. You know, they had an idea where he was going, but they had to find this man on the other side of the sea. So there was a bit of work to actually get to where he was to get engaged with him. Uh, and it's kind of interesting, if you really look at the passage, they pretend to be seeking him. They say, Rabbi, when did you get here? I mean, that, if you think about the context of the situation, it's like, 
and Jesus doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, he just says, uh, oh, they say, you know, we're, we're just looking for you. We just want to be with you. They weren't, they weren't revealing that they wanted something from him. I, I've told you all a couple times about the small group that Claire and I are part of in, in our church. There's five or six families in it, and we, uh, we love it. We meet every, uh, every week almost, and uh, it's great. And just one of the, one of the families, we, we all have a great time at whoever's house we go to, but there is one family, we all agree, has this amazing gift of hospitality that just is beyond, it, there's just something about going to their house. It's the Ryans, if you know Steve and, and uh, Jennifer Ryan. Now, Steve is the crustiest dude in town, okay? But man, he can host a party. So we were there Sunday, and he makes all way too much. We're having fetus. He makes way too much food, and we're all sitting around, and then we have dessert, and we're, we're all planning, like, can we come back Monday? So we said that, you know, can, can we come back Monday? And he's like, oh, sure, you know. And I can almost see myself going to his house and saying, you know, hey, Monday, hey, Steve, Jennifer, how's it going? You know, <laughs> like I'm not there to see them. I'm there to eat what he cooked, right? That, this is what's happening here. They, they went to see what they could get. They had a want, they had a need, something that they needed to be filled temporarily. And they, they actually ran into the real Jesus, this beautiful thing that John presents to us so many times. So uh, Jesus is calling them out. He says, you, you want something other than me. I've, I've noticed this, um, and some of you guys who are uh, young adults in particular will notice this uh, if you've been at Crested Butte for a little while. A lot of times uh, people come to Crested Butte and they'll say, and I'll, and I'll meet them pretty quickly. They'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm totally going to, you know, I'm changing my life. I'm going to get with Jesus. I'm going to walk faithfully with him. I'm going to follow and stuff. And that lasts about two weeks. And then it's off into whatever else is, is going on. I know you've seen it a million times. And so uh, there's, a, there's this thing where we think that uh, we can get something from Jesus that's going to fix everything else that's going on in our life. And when that doesn't work, then we're done. And we move on to something else that's filling us maybe more rapidly, right? Meeting that need. I see that, and I'm not judging. I do that. Here's when I do it. When everything is going great, and I'm coasting along in life, and I'm just having a great time, I don't turn to Jesus. And then when things go bad, I show up. I'm like, where have you been, Jesus? As if he went somewhere, and I was, you know, and now looking for him. Now, now I'm like, oh, Jesus, I, I need you. I need something from you. Do you see the difference? There's, there's something in here that I think is so special about how he's confronting these people that is important for us to see and how he speaks to us and what we're actually after. Uh, I'm searching for that satisfaction, uh, that filling, rather than searching for him. So there's a search that we're all engaged in to be filled. But there are steps that these people want and we want in order to find that filling. There's certain things that we're doing or we're desiring uh, to, to be filled. And I think Jesus just turns it upside down for them. He offers them something uh, unexpected when they're thinking, well, he, maybe he'll feed us again because we're hungry. Jesus says, well, no, instead what I'm going to offer you is, is something completely different. Look at verse 27. Uh, he's, he says, um, you, didn't look, you aren't looking for me. You're looking for food. In 27, don't work for food that perishes but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. 
See, there's something better than being filled up and fixed and satisfied right now. This is the unexpected answer that they get. There's something better for them than being satisfied with what they need right then. And I think that's hard for us to hear. Um, we, I don't know how to explain this, but I think we all probably intuitively get it. That we think that if we meet, when our needs are met and we're comfortable and we're not in pain, we're not suffering, that somehow that's when things are right, you know, or the way they're supposed to be. And I don't think that's what is happening here. And, and Jesus is offering something different. And uh, look at verse 28. He says to them, With, without me, you're not going to be satisfied. And they said to him, well, then what must we do to be doing the works of God? What are the steps that we have to do to be doing the works of God so that we will be filled? So we can have whatever it is that you're offering. And Jesus says, this, and this verse is so important, y'all. This statement, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. This is pivotal to all of our understanding. The difference between all other religions, all other faith." And Christianity is that all other religion is about doing, emptying, making myself something, being some way, following some something instead of believing. This is the difference. And it's right there in that line. All the work you can possibly do doesn't matter. It's all about the work of believing. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we must, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? They've really got it messed up. Uh, They want to work for it. They want to earn the steps to belief. He He says it's about belief, but they want to earn that. They want to do those things. They want to have steps. And what I want to encourage you with this week as you're spending time with God is is rather than... um, cleaning yourself up, trying to be right, trying to, you know, pray in a certain way, do certain things, serve in a certain way. We just need to sit with Jesus and find out who he is. And and the works that follow that, the change follows that. Who he makes us into follows sitting with him and knowing him. The steps to satisfaction aren't doing a bunch of things. Instead, they're just being with Jesus, knowing him and letting that Letting the works follow that, the actions of our faith. We don't have to impress him. So there's a, 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 a search for satisfaction that we're all in, in, engaged in. There is this, uh, these steps that we're mentally always trying to, to, these hoops we're trying to go through to be just who Jesus needs us to be so he'll make everything right for us. But the key is the source of satisfaction. So if you look at 35, and this is where he calls himself the bread of life. Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. So we already know, all of us already know, that everything we seek after in this world is going to disappoint us. It's not going to work. Everybody knows it. It, it. The younger you, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, you know that everything you seek after, and once you get it, it's not going to satisfy you for very long. So we already know that, but somehow we keep thinking, well, if I'm healthy, if I feel good, 
if this relationship is fixed, if I have this property, if I have these things, it, you know, if I achieve this status, if I get this thing done for my business, if I, you know, the next thing, you know, we're always looking for that. How God's going to make the next thing right for us. Uh, they come looking for a miracle to fix them in the short term. And Jesus says, you know what? No miracle that I do is going to fix you. And they say, hey, why don't you prove? They say, why don't you prove to us that you're the Messiah? Do a miracle. And he says, no. He says, I'm the miracle. It's not the thing. It's not filling you up. It's none of that. It's not the show. It's me. I'm the proof. He alone, he, he alone satisfies us above all other things. If there's anything we walk away from this passage with, he says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the only thing that can satisfy you. And he's talking about, he turns it from a physical need to an eternal thing, eternal situation, eternal need. Without Jesus, we will starve eternally. So let me, uh, let me wrap up with one last thought. There is a word that gets, or a, idea that gets repeated multiple times in this passage. And it's, it's beautiful, and it goes against what the Jews at that time thought. Con- repeatedly, Jesus says, whoever believes, anyone who believes, all who, I mean, if you look at it, I think it's like seven times in the, in the 15 or so verses that are um, part of this story. Anyone who believes. In other words, you guys, he's teaching them this theology that is too deep for them, and he's just, he's just throwing it out there. It's, you got, it's not even about how great you've been as Jews. What I offer, the bread of life that I offer, is for everyone. And that's how all of us, all broken in this room, everyone in our town is welcome and has access to the gospel and the good news of Jesus, and we can experience that. So uh, we... That's why that phrase is so important in there that says it's, it's not, it, the work is just to believe. Anyone who believes has the bread of life. Whoever, there's no prerequisite. So we're going to take a moment. Jim, if you want to come on up. I'm going to pray while in the music, guys, you want to get set? Oh, you, yeah, okay. Give you some time. I'll pray for a long time. So you can get up there. <laughs> what we're going to... I just I want to ask you to, to think about those questions, you know. Are you seeking Jesus for what he can give to you? Uh, what are you filling yourself with? Uh, and we're going to remember the offering of the bread of life for our salvation. Lord, uh, may we rest our hearts right now for a moment and peacefully come to you. Uh, Lord, wherever we are, uh, are spiritually in in our uh, walk with you, we're all over the map. Um, But we come together uh, broken and uh, in community, and we remember what you've done. Thank you for sending your son, Thank you for the bread of life, and it's in his name. Amen.